Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Trust and Believe with your boy, Sean T. I'm so excited today because I am here at Bulletproof headquarters in Seattle, Washington, and I have such a, an amazing show planned for you. But I'll first say this. Uh, my man Matthew over here told me this is going to be the best show ever. So I hope you guys are in for a ride. The reason why I'm here is not only because I drink Bulletproof, but the last time I was here, I was having a great conversation with Alex, and she'll introduce herself in a moment, about the ingredients that go goes inside our food. And while we will talk more about Bulletproof and why Bulletproof is so healthy for you, something that's really important is what are you eating outside of Bulletproof, in the boxes, in your snacks? And so um, I'll, let her, I'll let her tell you why she knows this really well. But a lot of you are out there looking at nutrition facts. And then I also am a person that tells you to look at the ingredients. And some things you don't even know how to pronounce. And there are a lot of things out there that you may have done research on and you know what it is. But instead of just looking at the nutrition facts label today, we're going to dive deep within. And then we're going to talk about, and I think this is going to help a lot of you out there who are entrepreneurs, we're going to talk about some strategy and branding, right? And how you are able to help elevate Bulletproof. So welcome to Trust and Believe, and we'll be right back. Trust and Believe. Trust the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Trust and Believe. So before we get started, I actually want to introduce you or have my lovely people here introduce you to themselves. Let's start over here. Hello. Um, my name is Alex Harvey. I am a food scientist here at uh, Bulletproof, and I have been in the industry for about five years as a food scientist. Um, I've been at a few different large uh, consumer packaged good companies. I've also been on the supplier side for some really big brands that you probably know very well. Um, but yeah, um, as, on the team here at Bulletproof, I've touched our coffee, our ghee products, our collagen protein, um, as well as anything new that kind of comes across the plate every day. <laughs> Next up, we have... Hi, I'm Matthew David. I've been in the industry for about 10 years. Uh, I went to a very specific food and consumer packaged goods marketing program, uh, so knew what I wanted to do. 
I was a retail sales rep for a large pharmaceutical company, uh, moved into category management at their headquarters, and then for the past four years or so, I've been at Bulletproof. I started uh, on our supplements business. Last six months, I've transitioned over to our ready-to-drink business. So. You're next. Hello. Uh, my name is Tara Staten, and I've been with Bulletproof for about three and a half years, and um, I've been working in the food and CPG industry for about 10 years. I actually started my career as a microbiologist um, and transitioned over to brand management, um, and I just really love that Bulletproof has better for you options compared to the rest of the industry. Yeah, well, welcome, and thank you guys so much. Um, I want to dive right in. Um, you know, you talked about really being involved in other brands and being a food scientist. First, first thing I want to ask you is what was a, what was your most amazing experience about being a food scientist so far? I think what's so cool is like you you get this concept from your brand team for, or marketing. You know, they're called many things depending on where you work, and bringing that to life because at the beginning of a project it can kind of seem like a magical unicorn. But what people don't think about is you can make anything in your kitchen. Um, but bringing that to life on a larger scale and mass producing it and then when you finally get to the grocery store and you see something on a shelf, it's a really, really rewarding feeling. Um, whether that be in the refrigerator section or even you know, on social media, you see someone posting about your product and how they love it. Um, it could have been anything from like a children's product to an adult product like we're working on here at Bulletproof, but that's just a really rewarding feeling. Well, let's talk about the shelf. I think we should dive right into the shelf. And everyone here obviously knows how to get a product to the shelf or at least knows how to, to, to brand a product on the shelf. So the shelf. A lot of people are walking into these grocery stores and they see different, um, I say, keywords on packages. You know, fat-free, gluten-free, sugar-free, you know, grain-free, non-GMO, they see all of these packages and companies actually promote them as when you see that, you think it's the most healthy, healthiest thing to eat and you can put it in your body because it's this. As a food scientist, can you tell us what, what should we really look out for outside of just those, those keywords on the package? Yeah, I think that's really dangerous. Like I think a lot of people, and myself included, before I really started to like, get my hands dirty in this industry, would go to Whole Foods and just assume because it's at Whole Foods, it's healthy. And I don't necessarily think that's true at all. Um, and like, there's a lot of misconceptions about GMOs, for example. Like, What people don't know is without those in 50 years, which is not far away, you, we might not be able to feed the world. So I think the more things you want to look for are those specific ingredients on the back of the box rather than those golden stickers on something where it's kind of deceiving that that translates to healthy, all of those claims you, you stated. Um, I think you want to look at, you know, depending on what you want in your diet, you want to look for the sugar content, the protein content, the fat content, because if you're living a bulletproof lifestyle, you're going to want that high protein, high fat, um, and you're going to want no sugar in there. Um, those specific ingredients and educating yourself on like what those ingredients are, are going to help you a lot more than a GMO-free statement or an organic label. Cool. So we're going to get into specifics later. Yeah. But Matthew, as someone who's a part of branding, what give me like little tricks and tips that people do have you worked in the grocery industry before i should say okay cool. yeah so I, yeah i started my career uh, at a really popular mass retailer so i wanted to get you know boots on the ground idea of how it happens at the store level because we can have all the best plans in the world for how we're going to launch our product but if it falls apart when you get into the, the retailer then it's all for naught so i have kids now right and they're they're only one. One of them looks like he's five, but they're, they're small. 
And you realize that there are a lot of things down there that they can actually see, right? And you're just like, I never really paid much attention to it before. Um, I did see a TV show a while ago that kind of hinted to it, but now I see, I was actually, I was taking my kids through and they just started grabbing something. And I'm like, I didn't even see that there. Like I had no idea that that was there. So what are the tricks that they use for adults? Like what is at the eye level? Do you know the actual height? So I'm, I'm six one. Uh, so the average height of a person, maybe what, five feet to six feet, right? So at what eye level are people trying to attack you at in those grocery stores? Yeah, so I mean, you call out your kids and how they see things differently in an aisle than you do, and that's that's strategic, right? If they're trying to market to the kids and get the kids to get the parent to purchase it, they're gonna put it at a lower, you know, two and a half, three foot level where the kids are going to see it. So when you're, you're selling to adults, there's a lot of things you take into account. Uh, you take into account traffic flow, so how are they walking the store, uh, lead into the aisle, so based on the traffic flow, where are they going to come in the aisle? Are they coming in at the end or are they coming in on this end? So is it, is it from the middle of the store? Is it from the outside of the store? So for us, a really important spot is lead in to the aisle. So the traffic flow coming into the aisle, we want to be at, at that area of the shelf and then around five foot eight, uh, which typically wow. you know, most people can see. So uh, that's usually around the fourth or fifth shelf up. And then the other big thing is brand blocking. So the reason you see people with eight different flavors of the same, you know, formula mm-hmm. is because they want to have their brand, you know, plastered in that in that area. So it's kind of what I did at it. my transformation center this this past weekend because we're having a transformation weekend soon, and I took all the the fat water, and I had every single like I put all the fat water. I did a pan. I'm like, you see every single flavor. <laughs> so sorry, I cut you off, but you yeah, know, it's exactly. so interesting then, how you yeah. do that. And as you're selling more and volumes are increasing, you you go back to the buyer, the category manager, and you say, hey. You know, we're turning a lot more than these people, you know, in this area of the shelf. Maybe we should be in that spot. Maybe we should have two or three or four facings. If we don't have as many SKUs, maybe we should have a line of our products right there. Uh, and that really, you know, when the consumer walks in, it's there, you know, they, they see it. So. Yeah. So Tara, you know, in terms of, I'm going to go back to the microbiology <laughs> because, you know, I think I personally feel like that's great. What is like the foundation of how food literally begins? And I'm sure you'll be able to kind of talk through that too. But what is what is that first step that companies take? So let's say I wanted to make, I don't, I well, I would say I don't eat cereal. But there's some times where I just need some fruity pebbles in my life. You know what I'm saying? I just need it. But um, what is that first step that if I wanted to create a new healthy cereal, what is the very first step that um, that would happen? I think you just nailed it. Like you said, I need it. So there's that consumer need state. Like you figure out what consumers want and need. And so it's like, what is that? Like, hey, maybe there's a hundred more of you that want and need healthy, you know, fruity pebbles. And you try to quantify that. So what our group does is say like, okay, if we made healthy fruity pebbles, how many people would buy it? And what would that look like? What flavors do they like? Is it natural cherry? Is it natural lemon? Um, you start building the product um, on paper, you start like going, okay, what makes sense? What do what do consumers like the best? Um, and then we turn it over to people like Alex to actually put the formula together. That's interesting. I have a really random question: Why is orange drinks popular? Like, like why do they even make it to the shelf? You know, because like you know, when you're a kid, I'm going way back, so yeah, yeah. people just stay with me here. 
and we got we have people in the audience. It's only two. But um, when I was a kid, I wanted the fruit punch and I wanted and something purple. But orange flavor is always the last one in the box. Like if you had a popsicle, why do you can someone tell me why that even makes it? <laughs> Maybe it started with Tang back yeah, in. <laughs> yeah, like it's nostalgic. It's just familiar. I think like everyone knows orange. So it's almost like if you have a fruit mix, it needs, like has to be in there because it's just people expect it. But I always thought it was question. a waste. I'm sorry. Personal yeah. opinion thrown yeah. out there. <laughs> Shade so thrown. But um, I'm with you. I, like I mean, I like the color orange. Of, the, yeah, I like the color orange. orange and bulletproof. Though. Yeah, I was gonna. It could just be and the bulletproof orange. Maybe that's why because they knew bulletproof would be orange. Oh. All right, so let's dive a little deeper. Let's talk about ingredients. Now, let's talk. So we know that, you know, you start a product by knowing the consumer's need. We know where you place it in the aisle so people can see it. Um, let's talk about the ingredients. I want you to give me some super science. What like what? does it actually look like because if like what does cereal look like before it even becomes cereal like in its inception yeah i think i think if you're say if you're at a brand usually and i've been uh, in a lot of different like food categories before you kind of are fortunate in the fact that most things have been around for a while so you have a base to work off of mm. and you know that base or you have suppliers you reach out to to give you that more of that expertise on that base but what it really looks like is so I mean cereals tough because we don't do grains but if you were to do that you would reach out to a grain supplier and you'd be like I want the base to be something trendy and healthy like buckwheat for example um, and they would give you, I don't know, they might send you like four different buckwheat flowers to work with or um, different particulates to work with. So it starts by reaching out to those suppliers and then you kind of take those components, those building blocks, you get a flavor from, uh, from suppliers, you tell them you want it to be this color and then you take those components together and you kind of just start playing. And I really like to think of it as playing rather than like experiment, I mean experimenting is like a fancy term, but yeah, you're kind of like mixing and matching and trying to get that magical concoction and what works. Um, we work really closely with the brand team to see if it kind of meets their expectations as we, go, as we go along the process. But it's really a partnership between the people supplying you the ingredients and the work that you're doing here and the end goal for the company. Okay, I'm gonna go to microbiology for a second and then I'm gonna come to branding. So microbiology wise, is, is there ever a question where like, who does the research on the actual ingredient to say, like, how does this actually pass the test to go into the human digestive system, you know? Yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. She's laughing. I mean, this is, this is what I want to know, and I believe that, you know, my fan base, and I think a lot of people in general want to know because, you know, I'm, I'm going to open up here. It might be a little serious. Like, I have this... I have like lots of anxiety about like colon cancer and 
different internal health cancers. And so, because a lot of people in my, my family passed away of cancers of some sort, some smoking, which I don't, so I don't have that anxiety feel. But in terms of what I'm putting in my body, I just want to know, like, at what point, if ever, it, it's tested? Like, how does that work from, the, from its inception? Yeah, um, obviously, like, the FDA does certain testing and certain things that, you know, they allow on the market based mm -hmm. on... Um, testing, but then at a more specific level, um, individual products, we test them um, as they're being manufactured. We make sure that the ingredients coming in are being tested or they have specifications coming from um, our suppliers that they meet certain levels for like microbial or yeah. um, certain chemical analyses. So if we're you know, claiming something has a certain amount of vitamin C, we test it and make sure that it actually has that amount of vitamin C um, so that consumers are getting things that are labeled appropriately. Interesting. I think in terms of Bulletproof and the spirit of you only better, our founder, Dave Asprey, is still so in tune and in touch with this process. We don't even get to the point of, you know, communicating or signing any documents with a supplier until we've dissected right. their, spe their specifications for those ingredients front to back and know them like the back of our hands. That's not me doing that. That's the yeah. R&D team think, doing that. I think what makes us like unique too, other than from places that I've been before, is that we really do our own due diligence to test things, whether it be an ingredient or a finished product. We don't just rely on what someone mixed together and told us on their, that we get a technical data sheet that has like the nutritionals, the ingredient statement, and we don't just rely on that. We then take the product that has been sent to us and then send it out for additional testing for labs we partner with and trust to make sure that what they're saying is true. And rather using than the report that the supplier gave us, we use the report that we get from our labs of testing that product. But the bigger question, I think, which is so great that you do that here at Bulletproof, I think the next question is how many times do you see flaws in the original, like, what they said was originally in that. Like, do you do you ever catch? Um, I don't want to say that people are lying, but mm -hmm. does your does your results ever come back? Oh, that actually wasn't what they said was in there. I would say there's slight variances. I was never. I would never say there's something alarming. Um, I think we choose our partners very carefully, um, mm -hmm. and we have really, really good, trustworthy suppliers. We would never pick someone that wasn't a reliable source or well known in the industry. Um, so you can rely on them. I would say there's slight variances and maybe like the protein content or like the micro levels, but never anything that would be like, we are not okay to use this. It's another question I have. I have a friend who does, um, on Instagram stories, her name is Dr. Lauren Fitzgerald. You should follow her. She's funny. And she's like, gives zero about anything. <laughs> um, but she, you know, she goes through the aisles at the grocery store and she like looks at the, um, the packages. It's really cool to watch, you know, but I, I have a question for you, just kind of follow up. Does the, uh, I would say the chain, the store chain or the, I know like obviously here at Bulletproof, you guys are really worried about what goes in someone's body, but let's say a, a store, I don't want to say any names of, well, I'll say examples, let's say Whole Foods or, you know, Trader Joe's, they're more like health-based stores. But if you take a general grocery store, how many times does the, the manager or the, whoever come to you and say, well, let's make sure this is really healthy before this goes into the entrance of the aisle? Like, how much do they actually care about that? I think you'd be surprised what you, the questions you get asked in category reviews with a category manager. They do care about how they're serving their consumer and will always take an R&D mm -hmm. uh, person with us to those meetings to kind of answer those tougher questions. But 
as it relates to where you're positioned on the shelf, that's typically falling down to how you're performing sales-wise. So uh, it's our job to market, you know, the better for you lifestyle and help people just do better for themselves. So the sales are commensurate with that, and then we get moved up to those spots. So it's all uh, like anything in life; it's it's selling. So you have to you have to pitch yourself, and you have to sell yourself, and then you have to show the metrics to prove success, and then you work your way up that way. But, you know, before even getting there, you do get those questions in the meeting before they even pick up the product. Yeah. So would you say that um, if something really healthy is trending, whether it's in a health food store or not, that's going to be that's going to be the winner. If it's trending and it's selling the most, as opposed to like it's something that is not necessarily healthy for you at all. If that's trending better, that goes in the better spot. Typically, it's, it's performance-based, but you did mention Whole Foods, and they are a bit different in that they want to be innovative, and they want to be on trends, and they want to be ahead of the trends. So they'll, they, work, they operate a little bit differently, and they want to bring their consumers the next best thing that's going to help them perform better, live longer, et cetera, and just meet their goals. Uh, so Whole Foods is a, is a bit different in that, as you'll see, you know, the next trends. Uh, we were at the front of Collagen. We were at the front of MCT. Uh, so because of that, we were featured in more prominent locations in front mm. of consumers as we were building those categories. Uh, but then when you're getting out to the more traditional retailers, it's it's going to be a lot more sales and performance focused. Yeah, I will say that when I drink Bulletproof, I literally tr- like I trust that what I'm putting in my body, it feels really great. Not just because I love Dave, but, you know, I'm meeting you guys and I see it. Speaking of trust... Trust and believe. When we come back, we're going to find out specific ingredients. I'm going to put these people in the hot seat. You know what I'm saying? We're going to find out those specific ingredients that you should look out for to keep your body healthy. All right, we're back. Come to my girl. Yes. What am I looking at on the back of a box? And if I see it, you're like, don't even pick up the box. Um, I think the biggest no-no, which I think is actually probably pretty well known now, I, maybe in the last few years, are dyes. Like red dyes, blue dyes, those artificial colors. Those are some of the worst things I think that you hardly see anywhere anymore. Maybe in like a, I don't know, like a gummies box or something, you'll still see it. But those are really, really not great things to probably be putting into your body that's that's great <laughs> i think that's very to the point what about artificial flavors because you know mm-hmm. i love sparkling water you know i have different sparkling mm-hmm. waters that i like but there's one that i like and it tastes good i was actually drinking it and i was just like if for me if it says artificial i'm like i just have a hard time yeah buying another package i'm like i bought this so i'll finish it but I, it still gives me a little anxiety. Yeah. So what do you say about artificial flavoring? So, I mean, as a company that only uses natural flavors, or if you see WONF, W-O-N-F, that means with other natural flavors, that's pretty common as well. In the flavor industry, whether it's artificial or natural just means if it's derived from what it's claiming to be a flavor of. So a natural coconut flavor has to be legally derived from a coconut source. Um, an artificial one is they... But regardless, they're all chemical compounds. But an artificial one, they took other chemical compounds to create a coconut flavor. So that's really the difference. You're still getting not necessarily bad chemicals, but they're all chemical compounds. And if you think about it, a coconut itself, I don't know what those are specifically, but it is made up of chemical compounds. And they break down, like, 
you can break apart what those are, and that's what flavorists do. But where do they get them from? Because if it's not coming from a coconut, for me, I'm gonna put her in the hot seat. Now. <laughs> um, because if it's not coming from the actual coconut, then where is it coming from? Could be from a strawberry. Mm -hmm. Could be from. So it's not just conjured up in a in a test tube somewhere. I mean, generally they'll they'll like derive them down from something. They don't just like poof two chemicals <laughs> usually. Um, so yeah, it could be from a strawberry. It could be from a strawberry and an apple combined, um, or something else. Have you ever done it? Have you ever done that yourself? Have you ever done that? I've seen it. So okay. I have spent some time at some flavor houses and they have some... <laughs> Why well, don't you ask me? <laughs> you, you? No. you want me to ask you? Well, I'll come to you next, mister. I highly recommend, I don't know if like you could ever get hooked up with a flavor house, but going to a flavor house and seeing them do something firsthand is some of the coolest like science I've ever seen done. The technology they have. They have these machines where they'll put in like a pr an end product. They'll put in a basil leaf. And they have a way of extracting out every single like chemical compound that makes up every like the complex flavor that is basil, the aroma, the flavor, everything about it. And so that's how they do it. It's it's a crazy technical science. They have crazy equipment, expensive equipment of how they do that. But it's really like an extraction of those components that make up that ingredient. Um, and I've seen it done with like some of the most random anything you can think of in the food and beverage world. And they, there's some really cool technology out there and that's and then they extract those components and again they can use those components to create other things because now you wouldn't believe what's naturally occurring in strawberry. The word chemical isn't always a bad thing. Yeah I think that's where the fear comes from. Yeah. I think maybe for a lot of people because you know we see uh, well you see the ingredients and then a lot of times if you can't pronounce yeah. the name of that particular ingredient you're like what kind of chemical is yeah. it? Where does it come from? Yeah. You know, like anything that has acid after it. For me personally, totally. I'm I'm like, why would I put this? Because I think of acid from when I was in high school, biology or chemistry. Yeah. And I think acid, you put something on something and it like disintegrates. I'm like, is this happening to my stomach? You know? Yeah, not at all. I mean, like you take any fruit, um, you know, like an orange, a grape, your citrus fruits, those all have citric acid in them. So if you have a naturally flavored beverage that's a grapefruit flavor, it's going to have citric acid in there because you're not going to be able to get that grapefruit component without adding acid. You can't get it just from a flavor. Um, malic acid is really common in apples and grapes. So you'll see that a lot in apple and grape flavored things. So they're nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> that kind of made me feel better. Yeah. But I mean, to, to visit this... Um, what you, it's a flavoring, artificial flavoring house. What is it called? The the, the companies. Doing, yeah. Yeah. They they call themselves flavor houses. Flavor houses. Yeah. Flavor houses. Yeah. I just think that would be a really cool spot to visit. Yeah. To, they're they're amazing. They're, they're amazing. so proprietary. They're so protected because yes. of the just technology they have and the experience that's been ingrained in their families and their companies mm -hmm. for years and years. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you ever indulge in jelly beans but have you ever tasted the popcorn jelly beans? Well, yeah. that's the thing that's what's really interesting so i love the jelly beans they always have them in hotels they always have like the and i'm and i say to myself how does this taste like cotton candy yeah, yeah. you know how does this you mm -hmm. know and so those flavor houses do that totally and the jelly beans using a lot of natural flavors the types of things that these better for you companies that are emerging are using because what it comes down to is you know you can we can give every we can give people the guidance and the education and the knowledge to empower them to eat healthier and be healthier. But what it comes down to is the food's got to taste great right. and it's got to make you feel great. So um, natural flavors are a big tool for companies like us. Okay. So okay. So the next um, question I have, I've always 
I always have this question. I might, it might take me a while to kind of maneuver my way through the answers, but preservatives, okay? Preservatives are one of those things. You know, I used to say a couple years ago, I'm like, if it doesn't expire within two weeks, I'm not putting it on my body. And I know that could sound extreme coming from, you know, smart people like you. But, you know, for me, I found that a lot of times to be the best way to like manage internal health, to manage, you know, weight loss or um, sustainability in your weight. Let's talk about preservatives and who wants to begin because I got questions for for all of you. Yeah, I can start. Um, really, so you want something natural, and we it just kind of going off. We just talked natural flavors and natural colors. Right. So natural colors are a big reason you need preservatives in something. Um, natural colors um, are all derived from fruit and vegetables, and in any kind of light in a grocery store. Um, over time, that's going to fade extremely quickly. A natural red coming from like a, a berry or something, it's going to turn brown like super quickly. And preservatives are in there to keep it the color you want it to be. Like that's just one example. But no one wants a brown strawberry flavored beverage. So if you can have something in there that's going to keep that that pretty color for you, like are you going to pick up a strawberry beverage off the shelf that looks like like it's I don't know. I mean, it gone bad. Appetizing. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's a big part. And then the other component is really like, if you think about how we have a product, say we produce it in Chicago, and then it gets sent to our distribution center in another state, and then it gets sent all over the country. Realistically, that timeline can be anywhere from like two weeks to a month. I don't know, you guys might know that a little bit better, but you would never be able to sell a, a like a, consumer packaged good and have any kind of decent, like you wouldn't be able to make money off of it. You wouldn't have anyone buy it in time. By the time something gets, hits a shelf, you need it to at least last a month past that point or it's never going to make it. <laughs> so you know how you were saying if something like for flavors, right? If it, it needs to be extracted from a strawberry or if it's citric acid, it has to come from an orange. So where does the preservative come from? Like, that, what is that chemical? We're not afraid of chemicals, people. But where does that chemical come from? Because I'm, okay, so now I feel comfortable saying, okay, if this is uh, natural flavor, I know it came from a watermelon or whatever the color is or whatever, or the, that taste, but what about preservatives? Preservatives don't have to come from the thing. Rosemary extract is a really common preservative. Um, and Correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, but I don't speak any of those A lot of times what happens with food is they start oxidizing. So, like, you know, if you set something on your counter and it starts tasting a little weird after a few days, then eventually it starts tasting rancid. Yeah. Um, it's basically like the oxygen has gotten to it, and then eventually things start to change, and then it starts tasting kind of funky. Mm -hmm. So what, um, like, rosemary extract and vitamin E and some of these, like, naturally occurring mm -hmm. things do a really good job of is scavenging all of the things that tend to make, make things go rancid, so including oxygen. So they help kind of, like, stop that process from happening uh, and make your food stay better longer so that it can go through the whole supply chain and get to customers. I mean, as much as we'd all love to, like, freshly bake every single one of our collagen bars and, you know, fresh squeeze every single one of our fat waters, like, that's just not realistic to yeah. scale to get these out to the world. Yeah. Um, and so there has to be a little bit, you know, walking that fine line between having natural preservatives and having something that just go bad. And yeah, I mean, for me, you know, it helped, it makes me feel better, obviously, because I want to debunk the theory that it's bad. But I mean, it's scary. And I think that when people are um, 
when they're really focused on their health or they really want to lose weight. And there's so much information out about there. I mean, there's people that can rebut everything we're saying, but like hearing it firsthand at least helps me. And I know it helps uh, the people that are listening or watching. So I think it comes down to, you know, another big buzzword in the industry right now, antioxidants. Everyone's taking antioxidants for the cells in their body. And these natural fruits and vegetables that we're getting from the earth have those antioxidants in them. And they have them for that reason, to preserve, to, to defend against oxidation. So I think that's, that's really what it comes down to. And uh, rosemary extract, for example, has been being used in cooking and culinary for mm -hmm. uh, generations and forever in ancient uh, traditions. So that's one of the reasons is it's an antioxidant. It's a natural antioxidant. Mm -hmm. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.